Why do you say Happy New Year? What are you intending? When you say that, what do you mean? Our hope is ahead. What else? You don't like Happy New Year? Do you have a, a, a little green man Grinch style that you wear for Christmas also? He <laughs> calls you Grinch. Well, Ryan, we know you have a loving heart in there besides. Joyful. You're looking forward to a joyful year? Joy-filled year. You know, I think that there's lots of different people uh, having different meanings as to what they say, why they say it. So it might be that uh, they're making a statement, it is a happy new year. Or maybe they are wishing you, I wish you, that you have a happy new year. Maybe uh, they are glad the old is done and we're starting a new year. Or maybe they're asking a question, is it a happy new year? It's a loving statement, yes. So, you know, even it's, that statement itself is a, a wish that we desire what is to come to be better than what was past. We have that attitude in our minds. I mean, that's why we have New Year's resolutions, why that's a thing in the first place, is because we hope that... We will exercise more, we'll do more devotions, we are going to uh, be more focused at work, we're going to get a promotion. We have all of these, these desires, our grades are going to be better. We, we have these uh, wishes, these resolutions that something is going to be better, it's going to be different. And we put our hope in those things, and then uh, apparently uh, 46% uh, fail before February. That's a sad state. Well, I'm going to make a bold prediction for you today. And my prediction is that I can tell your future. You get the crystal ball here. And I can know what your future is going to be based on one aspect of your life. And that's what you put your hope in. What you put your hope in. Because your hope reveals where you're headed. You track with that? Your hope reveals the direction you're going. So we're in this sermon series, In the Bleak Midwinter There is Hope. And so on Christmas Eve, we heard about hope brings joy. Christmas Day, hope brings peace. And now today, we're focusing on hope brings light, or even more specifically, hope brings revelation. That is where we're headed, so you can get your mindset around that. What does it reveal? Well, we started in in Luke chapter 2, where Mary and Joseph, they're coming to Bethlehem, and the baby's born. Then it continued, as we look at the, the... announcement of the angels to the shepherds when they say peace on earth goodwill to men so now we're after the birth and we're coming to jesus being presented at the temple in jerusalem and he they meet mary and joseph bring jesus to the temple and they meet 
a man named Simeon. And Simeon hoped in the Lord. He was promised that he would see the Messiah before he died. And his hope reveals some things for Mary and Joseph. They reveal some things for us. That's where we're going to uh, dig in here. So let's read the first few verses. We're going to read this in chunks as we go through because it's a little bit longer scripture text. Reading in Jesus' name, Luke chapter 2, verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to the temple to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Let's pray as we begin and we look at this text. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that does reveal so much to us. And I pray that you would even be showing us here this morning what you have for us in your word. How that directs our future, how it points us forward. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Simeon, his hope was in the Lord, and he reveals where he is headed. He also reveals some things. He predicts the future for Mary and Joseph. And uh, so the question then is, how in the world does hope predict your future? Well, we're going to look at that. Number Point number one, your hope reveals your trust, what you are trusting in, what you're looking forward to. There's a parallel there, of course, between hope and trust. Uh, and it is, in specifically here, we're talking about what Simeon's hope was for the Messiah, for his Savior. So verse 26, we continue reading. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it came in the sp- and he came in the spirit Simeon came in the spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. So we know that the Old Testament points forward to the New Testament and We know that Simeon is hoping, waiting, trusting in the Lord. Even though there had been 400 years of silence from the last prophet until now when Simeon is here, sometimes we can feel like God is distant and far away. And yet that silence was that which prepared for the Messiah to come. And in the midst of the silence, Simeon is told and has confidence that all of those promises of scriptures are going to be fulfilled in his own lifetime, in his, his uh, appearance, is seeing that. So he's been waiting, he's been trusting in the Holy Spirit and the Word, and looking, longing, and there he was. In the flesh, 
in the temple, the Messiah, the promised one had come. The promises of God were fulfilled. They were true. All the waiting, the anticipation, the expectancy was pointing to the truth of that moment. How did Simeon know? There were others in the temple worshiping. Were they looking, were they putting their trust in the Lord? Maybe not in the same way as Simeon. Anna, shortly after this text, is also highlighted. We're going to focus on Simeon specifically. And so, how about us? How does the Messiah, how does the Lord's Christ, how is he revealed to us? Well, we, we trust in so many things. We trust in a happy new this this statement, happy new year. That's a trust. I'm trusting that the new year is going to be a happy one. Or we make resolutions. We have uh, the uh, printed money and the coin. What do they have in common? In God we trust. Is that true? Well, you can evaluate that for yourself as to what your trust is in. But certainly, as we look at our country, our government, and all of that, there's a lot of things that we trust in, even specific, aside from our individual perspectives. We are trusting, when we use this currency, we're trusting that uh, the government is good for what it claims its value to be. I was joking with some of the family saying, you know, if I had a penny, my mother-in-law collected pennies, and uh, if we had a penny, and it was like dated 1942, I'd just like the interest on that and the inflation value, so it should be worth at least a dollar. So that's just a side thought. (laughs) We trust in a lot of different things. But sometimes our hopes are in empty things, unstable things, things that cannot satisfy. They're not reliable. And then our hopes are dashed. They're broken. We get cynical. Because the things we'd hoped in are not happening. We trust in the wrong Messiah. We're looking to the wrong Messiah. People get angry at God because their hopes are dashed. They blame God for whatever is happening in their life. Is there any personal accountability for the things that we do and choose? Somehow there's the perspective that God doesn't care, but He does care. He desires to reveal Himself. He wants to show Himself to us. But he can't do that if we're not looking to him, if we're not trusting in him. So, like Simeon, we can see Jesus that close. In the midst of the trials, maybe not in the physical way, but maybe it is in all manner of manifestations. It's through a friend, it's through God's word, it's through the worship, it's times where we are putting our trust we have nowhere else to turn except for him and we trust in him alone 
Jesus desires to walk through the pain that we have. I was uh, talking to someone before the service, and they were referring to a river, a stream. It goes through rocks, but the rocks have no effect on them because the river flows around the rocks. What is it that we trust in? Because what we trust in matters. It reveals where we're headed. And if we're going to have a happy new year, maybe a joy-filled new year, it needs to begin with Jesus. Second, your hope reveals your heart. Jumping ahead, we're going to jump down to verse 34. And it says, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, may be revealed. You know, we don't talk about this part of the Christmas story very often. We like cute babies. We even like humble beginnings. We like blessings, not warnings. We don't like curses. Here you have it, both the blessing and the warning. A child that is appointed for the fall and the rising of many. Simeon blesses Mary and Joseph and then warns Mary that a sword is going to pierce her own soul. Oh, that's a kind, friendly thing to say to a new mother. Maybe you wonder, why would God send a child like this that is appointed for the fall and the rise? In other words... We can blame God for what happens in our lives. It's tempting to do that. But our hope is what reveals what is to come. It is our hearts. Notice what it says there in verse 35. So that the hearts of many may be revealed. It's not the cause. Jesus is not the cause of the fall. He is the one that reveals what is causing the fall. He is the one that reveals what is causing the rise. Think about the things that we love. Love many things. Eggnog. The last two sermons you heard that. I just had to find a way to fit it in. I didn't really, it was struggling. (laughs) We, we, we love many things. Our time, what we invest our time in, reveals what we love, our appearance, our possessions, our pleasures, our abilities. How discouraging it is when we lose some of our abilities. Our influence, our performance. All of those are gifts from God. He is the one that gives us our abilities, our possessions, 
Everything that we have is from Him. They're even necessary. But when we put our hope in them, then they control us rather than putting our hope in the one who gave them to us. What we put our hope in, what we love, reveals where we're headed. When we put our hope in Jesus, we will rise regardless of the trials that we face. And when we don't, we're going to fall. A heart that loves the Lord is going to have hope. And that hope is going to give joy. It's going to give peace. We've talked about that. Think about Mary. Expected that she was a young, 14 years old maybe. Unwed mother. Engaged to a man who's not the father. All of that would have been grounds for her to be stoned. Then she leaves her home Leaves her family. No mention of the fact that she's leaving the ones who are going to help her deliver the baby. Putting the delivery of the baby in Joseph's hands, whose idea was that? How does God's word describe what she loves, where her hope is? When she talks to the angel... She says, let it be done to me as you have said. When she talks to Elizabeth, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then after, you know, the the shepherd's coming immediately after birth, that's unsettling. You're... I'm not sure I'm ready for visitors quite yet. What what does it say about Mary? She treasured all of these things and pondered them in her heart. A heart that loves the Lord is going to rise. A heart that loves this world is going to fall. It is a fact. It will be hurt Third, your hope reveals your future. Jumping back to verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. This is Simeon speaking. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon's hope is revealed in his demeanor. He would depart in peace. He's now content. He is satisfied, even if death is imminent. It doesn't say when or how or any of that type of detail. It doesn't really matter. Because now everything is complete. It's whole. He has seen his salvation. The Lord's salvation for him. He trusted in God's word. He trusted in his spirit. 
And now that is all revealed to him. You know, notice what it says here. It's quite an astonishing statement. We, we read this as if it's normal. It says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. God's plan for all of us, all of us non-Jews, is here. And for glory to your people Israel, his desire is for those Jews and non-Jews, and even as it describes there, in the presence of all people. God's plan, his desire, is for the salvation of everyone. You know, so that sounds like a good a happy new year, a good way to look forward to, a nice proposition. I enjoy uh, people's responses to events. I just observe what their response is to various events. And oftentimes, opposite responses to the same event. Have you ever noticed that? Like, take for, take for example, getting sick. Is uh, getting sick a blessing or a curse? Is it a plague or is it time to rest? What about a difficult job? Is that a grind? Is it a challenge? Is it an opportunity? How? What is your perspective? Raising kids is that a a, a gift, a blessing? Is it inter an interruption, or is it just plain hard? Raising parents could ask the same question. Maybe it just depends on the day. What about death? Is it a loss? Is it a gain? A tragedy? A celebration? We've heard the same things at, at funerals. Both of them described, actually. And the point is not just to put a positive perspective on things, difficult things. It's not just a point of, of trying to sugarcoat things, putting it, getting the right attitude towards life. The point is to have an eternal perspective. The goal is to have an eternal perspective. When Jesus is talking to his own disciples, he's not trying to make, oh, come follow me, everything is going to be great. You're going to inherit all of this kingdom. Notice what he says here in Matthew. Do not fear those who are going to kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Oh, there's a great encouragement for your disciples. Or John. Uh, in the world you will have tribulation. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Hebrews, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. So, 2023, we look forward to that. Is it going to be a happy new year? Depends what your hope is in. 
When you look at this coming year, and if you listen to the news or even look around you, there's a lot of real things that we could be afraid of. Things that could cause us fear, inflation, recession, war, crime, disease. We could have a a list of things that could cause us to be unsettled. At the same time, looking at the same event, we could have a different perspective, an eternal perspective. One that looks at our church as a family, our home group as a support group. One that sees the gospel going forward from our church to endless parts of the world. Forgiveness that is real and personal. Grace for you. Life, freedom. We have so much to look forward to when we look at it from an eternal perspective, regardless of the rocks that might be in our path. The water doesn't care, it rolls right around it. There's uh, several in our family, and I know others that have chosen a word of the year. And so, we've seen, I've seen different ones, some of them uh, like grow, listen, uh, peace, devoted. These are different words that people have chosen. Rest. <laughs> I heard one person say, they're going to choose rest for the next three years. <laughs> I would encourage you, if you haven't chosen a word, pick the word hope really confuse people. What's your word of the year? Hope? Really? It just opens the door. They have to ask. They're curious. What is it that you're hoping in? Because hope has a name. His name is Jesus. He's the one that will reveal all of the things that you need to know. Everything that is coming ahead of you. Everything that really matters. I don't know what you're trusting in. I don't know where your heart is. But you can know where your future is going when you put your trust in Christ. When you give Him your heart. And the stuff of the world is going to just not have any effect. Oh, we praise God for the gift that he gives to us who even have the celebration of Holy Communion. We have a reason to celebrate. We have a newness in life. Today is an opportunity to start that new year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We praise you for your word. We praise you for the gift that you give to us in the Messiah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, may we look to him, long for him like Simeon did. May we hold on to him even when 
the sword pierces our own soul. Because there is nothing else that is going to affect our future when you are our future. Everything else is temporary in this world. But you are everlasting. Lord, I don't know who is listening today, how they want to start this new year, but I pray that their hope would be in you and that even today would be the day that they say yes to Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.